It's time to talk all things Minnesota Wild. Welcome to The View from the Wild with the fans, Brett Blakemore. Welcome back to The View from the Wild. I'm your host, Brett Blakemore. It's been a long time since we've done a View from the Wild, but it's a very special day, and I'm actually recording it day of. I'm recording it this morning. I'll hopefully give you some pregame to the pregame to the pregame of the Winter Classic for your Minnesota Wild. Obviously, my A topic is always, um, everyone always typecasts me as just a Packers fan, but the reason I'm here, the reason I work at the fan, the reason I live in Minnesota is because I love the state of hockey. That's my passion, um, and I wanted to live and continue to grow up and to potentially have my one-day kids grow up in the state of hockey. That's what I want. Um, you know, Sundays are a different thing. Um, so, the state of hockey is going to be celebrated today in the biggest way possible. We'll talk about the Winter Classic. I also want to talk a little bit about the Marco Rossi situation because I have some things. Um, I have some takes. I might even have some scoops. Not really. Um, I have some, you know, some knowledge. I'm actually at the point now where I can say I have some, I've talked to some people more than you know. Um, which is a weird thing to say as a 25-year-old. But I actually may know things. I'm not going to disclose anything that I cannot disclose, but I do think there's some interesting things that I can say um, about the whole Marco Rossi situation um, and just how it's changed and how I how it's different than, than I thought it may have been. Um, so we'll talk about that. Um, but let's start things off right now um, with just the midseason. And it's not technically the midseason, but it feels like it is. Um, and the midseason grades, um, maybe even some Olympics talk. Um, but let's just talk about the midseason grades. The Wild this year were electric. They were so good um, leading the Central for weeks and weeks and beating everybody, looking dominant. Kirill looked amazing. Um, honestly, if if you take out this, I mean, <laughs> obviously, if you take out this, this four-game skid, they were amazing. Everybody was chipping in. Everybody from Marcus Foligno to Ryan Hartman to, to Jewel Eric's neck to Kirill Kaprizov. And Fiala, by all means, should have been chipping all in. And that's purely luck because he was creating chance after chance after chance every night and I will not stand for any more Kevin Fiala hate. Um here's so let's break down the grades from and I and this is really quick. I literally had like this hour of time open up and I was like, let's record a view from the wild. So it's not the most organized show in the world. It'll kind of just be me going off. But um these grades. Let's go forwards and offense, defense and goaltending, and we'll give them grades. Um, to me, the offense for the first half of the season or this first stretch of the season, overall, you have to take into account the the four-game skid. Overall, give a B plus. That's a B plus. It's not bad. It's all right. I mean, look, they've, they've been really good, and, and the power play could be better at times. And I really don't have any room to complain, but I wouldn't say that they're like this elite NHL league-leading, you know, explosive offense like like you saw in Tampa a few years ago. Um, there's What I'm saying is there's room to improve. There's room to be better. It's not the best 10 out of 10, the best it could be, um, but it's really damn good. It's probably one of the best offenses 
overall this season that we've seen the Wild ever have, one of the most dynamic offenses, especially, um, especially with Kirill, um, with guys who are actual playmakers and not just, I stand in front of the net and jam at home as much as possible. Um, here's where the grades will probably get a little bit uh, more questionable. Um, the defense through this first stretch. Give it a C plus. Oh, oh my gosh. Maybe. Above average. You know, I could be talked to a to a B a B minus. I could be convinced of a B minus, but and and here's the thing. The top three have been really good. Spurgeon's been really good. Get well soon. Um also Eric's neck, I didn't mention in in uh the forwards grade, get well soon. Um Spurgeon's been really good. Brodeen's been really good. Brodeen's amazing. Um, and Dumba has not been as much of a defensive liability as he has been in the past. In my opinion, maybe, maybe I'm just not noticing it because, God, do I hate the bottom six of this team. I, I don't think they're reliable at all. Um, and by the way, for the record, and uh, and friend of the show, Jesse, who continues to dodge being on the show, I'm friend of the show, Jesse, um, Every time that I talk about how much I think John Merrill stinks, he ends up scoring a goal later that day. So, John obviously is going to score tonight because I'm going to rip him right here. So, congratulations to John Merrill for scoring in the Winter Classic. Uh, Really appreciate your uh, contributions to the Wild. Here's the thing. I just don't – I think he's a liability on defense. I think most of those um, blow-up games where the Wild just get absolutely blown out have been – from some of those goals that have happened in that game have been from John Merrill screwing up. And um, and it's not just him, too, by the way. I'm not just saying he's the one only problem. I think Jordy Ben is right there. Um, I think that Kulikov can be that way sometimes. Kulikov's a little bit um, a little bit better. But that bottom six to me, I'd rather see Kalen Addison up there long term because at least he's got some offensive punch to him as well. Um, he's a little bit more mobile. I'm all for that. Um, I'm kind of past the point where you know you have to have these big beefy bodies that that play defense, and you got to have these enforcers. I mean, we have those guys. We don't we don't need to have an entire bottom six um, uh, filled with those guys or a bottom four filled with those guys. Um, so I like Kalen Addison. I think he should be up here, and which he is on the taxi squad, kind of. So I don't know if he's going to play tonight or not. Probably not with. Um, Brodeen, I think, still up in the air. I don't know if he's confirmed or not, um, but we'll just have to go from there. Uh, now, the goaltending here, another weird one, the goaltending. B minus. Oh, oh my gosh. Just a B minus. Now, it, it, for instance, if you take away this four-game stretch where they, which, granted, in all, you know, it, I don't think is an excuse at this point. They barely played any hockey, okay? They've had game after game after game postponed, even though the entire league is vaccinated and will be totally fine. They've had game after game postponed. And they've played, like, two games in the last, like, three weeks or something like that. Um, Not an exact science, but you know what I mean. They haven't played a lot of games. And so if you want to say the rest versus rust, if you want to say they just lost the chemistry, we haven't been practicing, you know, whatever excuse you want to make, the goaltending just hasn't been as good. Now, with Brodine gone temporarily, I don't know if he's coming back today or not. Probably should do more due diligence. With Spurgeon being on the—and when Spurgeon was out that first stretch of time, 
I feel like the goaltending got exposed. Like it almost felt like we got away with some not stellar goaltending. Um, and we kind of got away with it because our top six, or I keep saying top six, our top four in on the defense is really good, and it covers up for some of those mistakes. But now with Spurgeon gone, with Brodeen possibly gone, it and with Eck gone too, I'm really worried that this goaltending is going to get exposed a lot because Cam Talbot played absolutely out of his mind last year, and I don't know if he can really bring that back. Um, it's very concerning to me, and I'm 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 worried about it honestly. And Capo, to me, and here's my biggest take. And I don't know if if I've made this take on the show before. Capo needs more regular starts. Um, I don't care if it's like a once a week thing. I don't care if it's once every four games. There needs to be a regular time where he knows that he's going to get the start. Because to me, is from an outside, it just seems random. It seems like there's no method to the madness whatsoever. It's completely random. I guess Capo's starting this one game in, in November, and that's it. Um, and how can you expect a guy to, oh, well, we got to see what we got. Maybe is this an NHL number one guy? Well, he's not playing that well. Well, yeah, because he hasn't played in a month, Dean. That's that's why you can't build a rhythm. You know, it's, it's kind of like in baseball where if you bat leadoff every day in baseball, and you know when you show up to the park, you're batting leadoff. That's what you're doing. That's what you're there to do. The same guy that was batting second behind you is still there, and you know coming into the ballpark, that's what you're doing every single day. Or if you're batting third every single day, and you know that that leadoff guy is going to be on first or second, just waiting for you to hit him in. It's getting into that rhythm. And even if it's a slow rhythm, even if it's a once a week thing, a, um, every Sunday game, I don't know, just something that he knows, okay, I'm getting the start today. That to me is the most ideal thing for Capo to actually get him some runs because I don't think he's getting a fair shake. And I'll even throw in an honorary grade, an honorary grade because I just am making it up because now I'm on this uh, this tangent. I give Dean Evison, congrats on the extension, by the way. I'd give him a B plus. I I don't know. I I mean I I guess. A B. It, it, here's here's my thing. He's he gets the best out of a lot of players, but he doesn't give a fair shake to a lot of players either. I thought he gave up on Kaprizov and Fiala being together on the ice almost instantaneously. Like one shift, he's like, well, that's that's not gonna work. No! That's no way that's working. So we can't have them on the ice at the same time because I, I just don't think so. Um, another person he doesn't give a fair shake, Capo Kakinen. He never gives him a fair shake because he always plays him randomly in the worst times. And that's part of being a backup goalie. I understand that. But there has to be some form of rhythm to him to give him a fair shake. Um, dare I say it again because it's been the theme of this show for a year. He never gave Ryan Donato oh a fair shake. Never once did he do that. He forced him to play on a line with Ryan Hartman and Marcus Foligno before they were offensive powerhouses. And said, well, why aren't you producing on offense? Well, because you're forcing to play like a grinder, Dean. That's why. Unbelievable. Um Speaking of people who don't get a fair shake, those are the grades. Um, if if I don't remember them off the top of my head <laughs> because we're just going. But that, that was my initial gut feeling of how I thought the grades were. Um, speaking of people who are not getting a fair shake, there's someone that, and, and by the way, coming up in a few minutes, 
Um, we'll get into kind of the Winter Classic and you know what it means to the state of hockey and what I think about it and and what the presentation will be and um, things that I've heard and things I've read that which you can read as well um, on the Winter Classic. I'm very excited for it. I will not be there because I will be here uh, running Wild pregame and Wild fan line. Ha! Ah, there's Wild fan line after the game. Um, that's coming up in a few minutes. But right now, guys that aren't getting a fair shake. There, there's two of them, but one, but one really, um, and it's Marco Rossi. There is no reason that Marco Rossi should not be playing for the Minnesota Wild right now. I mean, it's clear as day. If you watch him in Iowa, I mean, he's he's just a better player, and there he just scored an overtime winner the other night. That was elite. That was so cool, and. They just they just don't care. And here's a perfect example of him not getting a fair shake is in training camp, he had every intention of making the team. He trained, had this horrible COVID case, and worked so hard to come back and get fit and skate on his own, rented a whole rink, skated on his own. And this is a guy who's a top 10 pick. Worked that hard, came into training camp, what conditioned and tested better than almost all the players, including the guys who are up here right now. Almost all the players he tested better than conditioning-wise and hockey-wise. That development game, he was the best player on the ice from the Wild and the Blackhawks. Best player on the ice is Marco Rossi. And and Bill Guerin and Dean Evison looked him right in the eye and said, I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. I'm telling you, they just don't. They did not care whatsoever. So what'd they do? Preseason came around, training camp came around. Did he play with Kirill Kaprizov? No! Did he play with Kevin Fiala? No! Did he play with anybody with any offensive capabilities whatsoever? No, No, he didn't. He didn't. Sat on the fourth line and grinded away, and they said, oh, he needs more seasoning. He He just needs more He's gotta he's gotta pay his dues. He's gotta he's gotta earn it. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. I don't care, Bill. I don't. And and here and it, it's funny, it sounds like I'm hating on Bill because I, I actually freaking love the guy. He's by far my favorite GM the Wild have ever had. And I and I've had the pleasure of having many, many, many three second conversations with him. Um very nice guy. I love him in like the documentaries and stuff. I think that almost all of his moves have been tremendous. Um, literally, I only disagree with Bill Guerin on one thing. One thing. Everything else he does, I freaking love. I love his personality. Um, and we'll talk about the Winter Classic stuff that he was doing uh, earlier today later. But the way that he uses prospects just baffles me. It doesn't make any sense. You've got a guy who's a top 10 prospect, who's a top 10 pick, and he's sitting, he's wasting away in Margaritaville in my hometown of Des Moines. I just don't. No! I don't I don't get it. I thought I was under the impression that it truly was a contract thing. It it, it was a you know, we just don't. We want to extend this guy's rookie deal. We don't want to end up paying him because we're going to be in cap hell forever. That's why he's down there. Um, 
here's here's what I've found out, and I, and and I don't. I'm not gonna, you know, go too deep into it. But there's apparently there's more to the situation than meets the eye, and and it is truly they think that he needs to earn it. That's not just them being you know doing the whole coach speak and service time manipulation of oh well he needs to earn it. Meanwhile, while we're cashing our checks for his rookie contract, they actually believe that, and they believe that he needs to be down there. I mean, and I, I hate to pick on Victor Rask again. I really do. Because I, I feel for the guy so bad. He just got put in such a bad position. So I'm sorry in advance for this, Victor. He just turned down the, the podcast for 10 seconds. Who wants to watch Victor Rask play in the Winter Classic when we have Marco Rossi in Iowa? Or Connor Dewar turned down the, the radio. Who wants to watch Connor Dewar play in the Winter Classic while we have Marco Rossi down in Iowa? Who wants to do that? I don't. I don't understand why these guys are getting opportunity after opportunity when you've got better players down in Iowa. My rule for this stuff, the best players should be playing, period. The best players should be getting the most ice time, period. I do not care that Victor Rask is making $4 million. He can have a $4 million seat in the press box. I don't care. If there's a better player than him... They should be on the ice over him. But that's just not how it works. That's that's unfortunately that's just not how the business works. They they make their money, so they gotta be out there. Stupid. That's unbelievable. I don't I mean to me that's dinosaur hockey. And you gotta have the best players out there. Um one more thing before we get into um the winter classic, because it's gonna be and it it's not gonna be, it is, it's freezing cold. Um it's like negative 13 out right now. If I'm looking out the studio from the fan, I literally see ice forming on the glass, slowly rising up the window. It is freezing here. Um, let's talk to Eric White for like five minutes. I'm going to cold call him. Hello. Hey, Eric. What's going on? What's going on, man? <laughs> You're on view from the wild. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? It's winter classic day, man. Dude, we're ready to go. Let's get it. <laughs> how much How much would it take for you to go to the game? How much would it take for me to go to the game? Are you going? Uh, oh, no, I'm not. No chance, dude. Okay. Uh, it needs to be. It, it's not nothing against the team and everything, but I'm sorry. Minus four sounds terrible. <laughs> it, I, would take, it, would take, it would take about 35 more degrees, dude. <laughs> 35 more degrees. What? What if you're in the press box? It was warm. Uh, huh? What if you were in the heated press box? I'd cry. You'd cry? I'd cry. That'd be crazy. <laughs> what? Why? What, well, it just I was just no, no, no. I mean, I don't have any. I'm just I'm just trying to gauge how much it would take for you to go. So it's just 35 degrees. Oh, it would it would need to be warmer and press heated press box will be lovely. Um. What do you think about the game tonight? Oh, um, you know, I think obviously the team uh, itself, like a lot of them, are uh, used to cold and outdoor weather. Um, I, I don't know if he, uh, just to be fun here, um, I did a little research on each roster, and uh, St. Louis has players from like North Carolina on it. 
Oh, so soft. they clearly have never played outside before. Um, and no, but I, I feel good about the game. Uh, the Wild need a really big bounce back for sure, without question. Um, and I think obviously without uh, Brodeen on the back end and without Eric Connect clogging up the middle, that's going to be tough. But um, again, I think that you know when you have a guy like Kirill who literally trains in the Siberian winters. I feel like an outdoor game favors the team a little bit. I, I feel like he's just going to be like a big husky out there, you know? Like, have you ever seen those viral videos of the huskies where they're just so happy to be out in the snow, they just don't want to come inside? I feel, honestly, I feel like that guy, like, lives in the winter. He's just like, this is the best. This is great. I think so. I think that's why he yeah. might stay here long term, but who oh, knows? I mean, hopefully he paid him enough money, so hopefully he doesn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, I'll let you go. I just wanted to get that cold call in. Thank you very much. Oh. Of course, man. Well, enjoy. Are you going to the game or not? Oh, hell no. <laughs> it, w- it would take a lot of degrees for me to go as well. And, and I've gone to some cold games. I've gone to some Packer games where it's really cold, but nothing like this. This is really cold, like real cold. So I will happily be here in the studio. Um, I will be watching everything, and we'll be doing Wild Fan Line after and from what I'm told, and and Russo wrote about it, so it's not confidential. Russo's wrote, written all about you know the plans for tonight. It's very much a celebration of Minnesota and hockey here, which which is something that I'm very much looking forward to with the dock and the warming house, and they'll they'll skate out to the rink. I mean, just think about that. They're gonna come out from center field from a warming house and skate across the field to then get to the skating rink. It's going to be freaking awesome, man. Um, We've been waiting on this for so long, um, for years and years, and it got canceled and COVID and it's cold and people saying it's too dang. Let it all go because the Winter Classic is finally here and we have an exciting team to do it. The first poster, I'm going to see if I can look it up while I'm talking about it. The first poster for the Winter Classic, and there's no way I'm going to be able to because Googling wild Winter Classics is never going to get me to where. The first poster, all the players that were advertised when they announced it, I'm pretty sure only one player on that poster is still on the wild, and I'm betting it's Spurgeon because... Suter Parisi Stalock was on there. Who remembers Alex Stalock? Rest in peace up there in, I don't even know if he's still in Edmonton or not. Appreciate your services, St. Paul native, but uh, I am happy with where we're at as a team right now. So thank God the wait is over, but also thank God the wait happened because this team is so much better than it would have been had we done it a year ago or earlier. So last thing here, um, Let's get into my favorite segment, the only one that there is, Wild File to Mile. Time for the Wild of the Week. Uh, the Wild of the Week is Bill Guerin. Now, I just ragged on him. I just ragged on Bill Guerin. But if you saw the video, and I just retweeted it on Twitter, Brett KFAN. The, the guy's still got it, man. The guy's still got the chops. He's out there skating around with the players. If I'm a player for the Wild and I see my GM just slicing and dicing on the Winter Classic cheat... I'm, I'm, well, not really, but I'd be impressed at the very least. I wouldn't go running through a wall, but I'd be like, hey, like, this guy gets it. This guy knows, like, he understands me. It, they know that he was a former player, but I'm like, guys like Kirill, they knew he was a player probably, um, or guys that weren't diehard watching the NHL growing up. So a lot of the European guys, um, obviously, Kirill's a perfect example. They knew he was a former player, but then to see him do it, 
it's got to be at the very least, oh, that's neat. You know, but at the very most, like, damn, like, Bill Guerin still got it. Good for him. Um, Bill Guerin, the wild of the week. Time for the filed of the week. Uh, it's still Bill Guerin, uh, the filed of the week, because you, you got to eventually, and, and I'll say this, making a minor league trade for Nolan Stevens, I believe, I don't even know who, who? Nolan Stevens is. And I'm pretty sure that's his name, and now I have to Google it. It is. Nolan Stevens. I traded him for Will Bitten, a minor league trade. It just seems like something's in the works. It seems like something's ready to to go. I mean, it's it it seems like it's tra- I mean, that's the we got it. We got the trade for the center that we wanted, a minor leaguer, Nolan Stevens. So wild of the week. I'm saying that because it seems like where there's smoke, there's fire, and maybe you know, the deadline, who knows? Maybe he makes a move. Uh, Eric's next should be back, so honorary. Time for the filed of the week. Honorary filed of the week for Jewel Eric Snack, who should be back, I'm told, four weeks. I'm told a month. That'll stink. But in the grand scheme of things, it won't be the end of the world. So uh, Bill Guerin, filed of the week. Um, honorary filed to Jewel Eric Snack. Time for the mild of the week. Uh, the mild of the week is Bill Guerin. Look, Marco Rossi should be here. It's it's as simple as that. Marco Rossi should be on the Minnesota Wild right now. He should have been here yesterday, last month. He, he's that good. And I think when you don't play the best players available, you're trying to lose. Simple as that. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for this edition of The View from the Wild. Thanks to Eric White for putting up with my nonsense. I literally did cold call him. That's not a joke. Um, hopefully the Wild win the Winter Classic. Hopefully it's a great spectacle and no one freezes their toes off. Until next time, have a good one.